What's up, guys? What's Welcome up, guys? back. Colton McCormack here. This is the Certified, Certified Wrench Podcast. Podcast. Please excuse my voice. I've been under the weather, and I'm just <laughs> fucking getting back into things. <laughs> I'm here with a good friend of mine, Mr. Kyle Rowe. How you doing, guys? Mr. Kyle's with me out here in California. Um, I'm out here visiting some family. I missed Christmas, so uh, me and my wife came out, and uh, I'm trying to catch up on all that with family and whatnot and then i got sick so i missed recording the past couple weeks and uh now we're back at it anyways uh so i figured i'd bring a an old friend of mine on and kind of get the gist of what he does and how he got into things um he uh he actually works a union now uh we used to work at the deer dealership together um way back in the day and but anyways man uh why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into things and growing up and what you do now. Alrighty, we'll kick it off. I got a listening to your story in your uh, first podcast. I was like, oh, you know, that's not too far off from mine. When I was growing up, I tore into a VCR and put it back together, and <laughs> that was my first job I had. Oh yeah, how old do you think you were when you did that? <laughs> Five to seven. Oh, okay, so we're about the same. I'm kind of impressed it worked, but <laughs> at least my mom told me that, you know, but we'll see. <laughs> so, yeah, I went from there. Um, we grew up riding dirt bikes and quads and always in the garage with my dad, putting a new head on, putting a new clutch in there. Uh, in in high school, I took auto shop classes, kind of breezed through that, mostly just ended up working on my own trucks while everyone else sat in the classroom learning what a nut and a wrench and all that stuff was. Hmm. Um, you were uh, more hands-on than actually sitting back and like, this is this is what a nut is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was an introduction for everyone else where I had, like I said, been in the garage, putting clutches, heads, all that stuff on quads yeah. and all the fun stuff there. Right on. So uh, where'd you grow up at? I grew up in Santa Cruz, California. Santa Cruz, where all the weed's at. A lot of weed, <laughs> yep. A lot of that going down. Was there a lot of partaking growing up? I'd rather not go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> That's all right. I'm just kidding. Uh, so that was in high school. What you, uh, would you do after high school? I tried the college route, oh. and that did not quite pan out. So I should have known better. In high school, I'd rather not be in class. <laughs> yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't even know you went to college. I went for... I started taking college classes in high school, but it was welding. Oh, okay. Went went for night classes doing welding, and after I graduated high school, I started, um, I thought I was going to be a firefighter. Mm. So I went, I got myself a scholarship for fire science. Really? Went there for about a year and a half before I just kind of fizzled out. Oh, okay. Kind of just <laughs> completely stopped showing up, and... <laughs> Got myself a construction job, worked construction for six months. What'd you do there? Uh, mostly remodels, a lot of bathrooms and like laboring or framing. Framing, okay. Where'd you go from there? Uh, from there, it was kind of uh, exactly how I got to where I am now. My dad's neighbor had a rice farm up in Sutter and said that I should come try it out and work a day on the farm. Uh, the next weekend, I went up there. I think I left my house at three or four in the morning drove up about a three-hour drive worked for 12 hours decided i loved it drove back home packed some bags 
didn't come back home for like six weeks. <laughs> and that's up in the Northern California area. That's uh, that's actually where I met Mr. Kyle here. He was a customer at the time, I think, right? Yep. How long? How long did you work for this guy? I worked at the farm for six years. Oh yeah, damn, that's a long time. I didn't realize that. It is a long time. Whenever I first got there, like say that first day, I was pulling weeds around the fields and mm. trying to get ready for springtime planting. Oh, okay. So you came in before planting and all that crap. Yeah. So that first year, I really kind of got a taste of what farming is. You put put the seed in the ground, watch it grow up, then you harvest it. Yeah. And then the best part is at the end of the year when everything's broken. You get to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what all did you do over there? Like I say, it was a lot of lot of labor. Yeah. We uh, I drove the tractors, broke the tractors, and then they told me I had to fix them. So that's how I ended up being a mechanic. Okay. Okay. And uh, what uh, how, did they teach you a lot of stuff, or did you kind of have to figure it out on your own? The old man. Um, my dad's neighbor's dad, he, he was a good mechanic himself. Hmm. He builds Hardleys and had, a, I don't know, 30 of them in his garage. So he was always pretty handy with a wrench. He also had another, I don't know, I guess you would call him labor farmhand. Hmm. That was there. He was super knowledgeable in repairing stuff also. So hmm. they kind of taught me along the way. Right on. Yeah, so, uh, shit, we're talking pretty fast here. We're almost through your history <laughs> we're only six minutes in <laughs> yeah it's uh, not as much history as you think but yeah. that that six years on that farm i went from hardly knowing anything yeah. really never seen a tractor to working on combines yeah and their big ag tractors you know the eight wheel articulating tractors yeah is it like what kind of combines did they have over there john deere just john deere everything was john deere yeah hell yeah so kind of bouncing off of that, where'd you uh, where'd you go from there? From there, I went to work for the John Deere dealer. Yeah. After working at the farm, the local John Deere dealer was maybe five minutes away from the shop, so I'd be going in there, damn near every day to get parts. Getting to know kind everybody. <laughs> getting to know all the parts guys. We, you know, got a couple good buddies that were working in the parts department. Mm-hmm. And then as you get a little more bold, you say, "Hey, can I talk to someone that knows how to work on these things so they can." give me a little insight as to how to make this repair myself. So they, eventually they told me that they're hiring, looking for mechanics. One of the parts department guys said I should apply, filled out an application, turned it in, got the call to come start. Didn't even interview? Well, I mean, there was an <laughs> interview. I'm not that good. I'm just kidding. Huh. And uh, did you come in as a mower guy? Yeah. So that's where it kind of got... They brought me on because I worked, we had three combine harvesters, yeah. so I was working on that at the farm. I thought I was decent at it. <laughs> they said they were hiring a combine mechanic that would pretty much just do that, but they probably tricked me to get me there, yeah. so I came in and started working on lawnmowers, yeah, small CNC compact tractors. Guys. Yeah, that's, you got my original truck that Yeah, I, had. I got that 3500. Yeah, and uh, yeah, well, I won't talk anymore. You go ahead and go from there. With what you did and where you ended up at that place before you got to where you're at now. Yeah, so I came into the dealership with minimal knowledge. I told him up front, hey, I don't do electrical. I know Colton over here is a great electrical guy, and he was over there helping me out a lot. But by the time I left there, I was going out and doing a lot of the electrical problems. Yeah, you uh, 
after I left, it seemed like you fucking hit the ground running. Yeah, luckily you left. <laughs> I mean, I love you. It was fun working with you, but you leaving got me into a bigger service truck. Yeah. Got me into having to do all the jobs that you were doing. So yeah, you got to. Uh, there's a lot of history there between be us. A, be a rice farmer or rice farmer, a rice technician. Or a combine technician. There we go. I can't spit it out. All the above. One of my favorite parts whenever I first went to work for that dealership, the very first job I did in the big service truck in that F-650 mm-hmm. was to go put a final drive on at the farm I just came from. Was it a combine final drive? It was. Did you put oil in oh, it? Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> I, I heard a story. I can't remember who it was, but someone at that dealership yeah. put a final on and didn't put oil in it, and it was, it was well, a big, big problem. If you go back and listen to episode two, <laughs> you might hear that story. But uh, So how long did you work at that dealer? I was, I was trying to add it up, and I think it's only about three years. Three years? Three years. Yeah, they seem to have a pretty pretty big high turnover rate. Pretty big turnover rate. A, you know, seasoned guy that's been there since the 80s. Yeah, you got guys that have been there for 14 years or that only last for a couple of years. Yeah. And then, uh, so from there, where'd you go? From there, I, like I say, I worked there for a long time. Kind of got, got a feel for what I like to do. I did like the electrical side of it, but I also loved those the big jobs, the yeah. dirty jobs out in the field. Hell yeah. If there was something that had to get done, a big, you know, main hydraulic line going from the pump to the rear, SCVs on those ag tractors, mm. everyone hated it. I hated it at the time, but yeah. God dang, that's a cool story to tell. <laughs> yep. You know, you come come back to the shop covered in oil. You've been through three different sets of coveralls. Yep. The guys are looking at you. Engine gear case on an old CTS or something. Yep. Man, those were my favorite, just doing stuff like that. You always felt like the hero after. Exactly, you know? yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say that's why we do this, but it's no. nice to feel like a badass every <laughs> once in a while. Yep. The worst was pulling them old the uh, modules out of the back of the CTS is all clogged up. You know, you have to cut all the straw out. Ugh. You go in there with the Sawzall and <laughs> you put the adapter on there, and I always turned it with a pipe wrench. Yeah. yeah Learned a lot was... of tricks at the farm because I like to mess stuff up there. Yeah, no. Um, and then... So you took off from there, right? And yeah, so once I left the dealership, I ended up going to work for one of the customers at the dealership. Mm. He um, kind of does a bunch of habitat rest- restoration and stream rehabilitation, a bunch really? of dirt work. He's okay. you know, a dirt contractor. Oh, okay. A lot of specialty stuff, but he runs the John Deere scraper tractors with um, like pole cans behind them. Mm. That's how he moves all of his dirt. But they got other stuff too, right? Yeah, they got a lot of hose. They got... Kamatsu excavators. Uh-huh. Biggest one we have is a 490. Oh. So that's pretty fun. You know, I yeah. like that. We got a 490, a 360, all the way down to a 138. Hmm. We have okay. one D6. So now I'm finally getting into the yellow iron, which is half yeah. the reason I wanted to leave the John yeah. Deere Ag dealership. Hell yeah, man. You I- want to chase that big yellow iron. Yeah. And that's, that's where the fun stuff is. That's where all the glory is in my mind. I'll never go back. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> And uh, so that's what you're doing now. Uh, how long you worked over there? A uh, little over two years there. Okay. Yeah, you like that though? I like it. It's fun. You know, it's sometimes I find myself in the seat operating the machines. Being being at a smaller contracting company, you know, we only have maybe twelve guys, oh, okay. fifteen pieces of equipment, hmm. and that's including operators, or is that just like mechanics and stuff? I am the sole mechanic. Oh, no shit. So, like I say, we're a really small company. Mm -hmm. That's why I find myself doing a bunch of other stuff, which I don't mind. 
it'd be nice to turn a wrench every day yeah but kind of breaks it up a little bit yeah that's nice um so with that being said um out here in california there's unions compared to where i live in in texas and kyle's he's part of a union now what what union it's local three local three yeah okay um how do you like that i love it so far you know i mean working at the dealership i left there got a hell of a pay raise yeah tell you that right up front it it's nice (laughs) um but the benefits are great and they're just there's kind of a camaraderie camaraderie about everyone that's in the union Mm -hmm. you know i never really thought twice about it until i joined and you kind of see how the people are and yeah trash talk the non-union guys a little bit but (laughs) at the same time if if you're not in the union you have that camaraderie with your guys that aren't in the union also so Mm -hmm. it kind of goes both ways so what's a typical day look like for you out in the field right now we are working two hours away unfortunately so oh shit i'm up at 233 in the morning make that drive there's usually always a piece of equipment that needs a little bit of attention yeah um So, you know, we're getting there, fixing it. I'm trying to get there a little bit earlier. They start at 7. I'll get there, try and fix my fix the equipment that I need to have running at 7. Mm-hmm. So, whether that be oil change or any other kind of service, greasing it sometimes. I like the operators to do that, but they are horrible at it. Oh, so you don't even have a loop truck? No. Who puts fuel in the machines? Operators. Oh, jeez. Okay. So, I mean, like I say, we're, we're small, yeah. but it's... It's nice. It'd be nice to have a lube truck that can come out and do all that so I can concentrate on the repairs that need to be done. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, unfortunately, it's keep the machine running until we're done with the job or we get done with moving dirt and I can take it to the shop and make the big repair. Yeah. I mean, because I'm kind of spoiled where I'm at now. I mean, if we're super slow and I'm working in the shop and something needs an oil change, I'll do it. The only thing I change the oil on is my service truck. I don't have to do any services. See, I don't even change the oil on my service truck. You <laughs> we take, don't have time you, for that. You, no, you take it to the Jiffy Lube, man. Yeah. You're good. Jiffy Lube. God. <laughs> take your truck to the Jiffy Lube. <laughs> that way it's documented. Um, yeah, that question's really hard to ask us, you know, in the field. Like, my buddy Trent that was on the last episode, he, uh, you know, I asked him and it differs for everybody, you know. Do you work in the shop a lot, or do you have a shop? We have we have a big shop. We can fit four of those articulating tractors in our shop. Really? Couldn't tell you the dimensions, but I know it's big. Do you work in there a lot? Like if it slows, whenever it's rainy or okay. you know, winter time, or we're done with our jobs, we're bringing all of our equipment back to the yard. We got a big yard there. Everything fits there. So then I'll just start going going piece by piece and yeah. looking it over head to toe, making repairs. And I apologize, guys. I'm my voice is just cutting out, and I sound like dog shit. But I feel better. You look great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> look like a hundred mile an hour, like you. Hey, I got a big life decision coming up. I'm currently rocking a sweet mullet, but oh, yeah. I think it's time has come. <laughs> I think don't, tonight's the night. Don't be cutting it off. Come on, that thing looks good. Um, how about this one? Loves and hates of the trade. Oh, there's a lot of them. My favorite part, we kind of discussed it. You want to look like a badass, right? So you get in there. The boss man thinks the equipment's going to be down for weeks. You Mm -hmm. come in there. You get yourself all covered in oil, tearing a bunch of lines off to get to the hydraulic line that blew. Get it fixed up, up and running. Yeah. And you're the hero. You save the day. That's my favorite (laughs) part. 
and I uh, I happen to know your boss just from working at the deer dealer. So yeah, I know what he's it's like working for him. Yeah, yeah, kind of a hard ass. He's, he's the kind of guy that you got two pieces of equipment down at the same exact time within ten feet, and he comes over and wants to start yelling at you while you got a wrench in your hand. <laughs> and that's usually not a good idea, but he's the guy that you're not going to say anything back to. You say, it'll be running. Don't you worry. Yeah. So uh, do you have, since you didn't really go to any type of training school or anything like that, do you have a, an opinion on, like, schooling versus, you know, getting right into the trade? I do have. Obviously, I'm going to have an opinion on it. And personally, I like the way I did it. Yeah. I think working on that farm for six years was the best choice I could have made in my life. Yeah. Because you learn, you learn a little bit about everything. Now, do you recommend somebody going to a dealership um, and trying to learn that way? Like, maybe if they had a chance to go, like, let's just say John Deere puts on a program called AYF for somebody straight out of high school. Um, I, I know a lot of people have done that, and... They seem to be doing really well with it. I know some guys that are still sticking with it, or they're damn salesmen now. <laughs> yeah, I um, mean, I don't personally know anyone that's gone through that dealership yeah. kind of sponsored training. I mean, at the dealership, I've taken classes, but, you know, I'm, I wasn't yeah, taught but, everything I know from the John Deere school. Yeah. Um, but like I say, I'd, the school of hard knocks really works well for me. Yeah. Anytime I, I really mess up, I hardly ever do that again. Yeah, of course. You learn from your mistakes for sure. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. Like, I always tell people, I mean, if you want to go to school and learn it that way, go right ahead. But I feel like you learn so much more just jumping into it, you know. But that's just my opinion. Nobody's got to listen to me. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, like I said, you're, you're going to learn best whenever you're thrown, thrown to the wolf, so to speak. Yeah. Whenever I first started at... Um, that John Dealer Ag Dealer. The the John Dealer Ag Dealer? Yes, sir. <laughs> um, so anyways, when I started there, I, the, all I, I told him on the interview, I don't know anything about electrical. Yeah. I am not the one to diagnose it. And they said, okay, we'll fix that for you. And I banged my head against the wall for so long trying to track down electrical problems on combines. Yeah, and... They're the worst to learn on, man, because, you know, like 32 controllers or something like that, all CAN bus. A lot of CAN bus and all the sensors are connected. Yeah. On some of the newer ones, they got the cool LED lights that tell you <laughs> if, if it's getting communication or not. But Like one of the worst ones, I forget who it was. I, the, the, I can't remember. I think the, the actual like separating part of the combine would come on. But the, the feeder house and stuff wouldn't come on. Okay. And I could not figure it out. I think it was on a CTS. Mm -hmm. And I finally had to call somebody because I went through everything. But the one thing I missed was the oil pressure or oil level sensor. I can't remember. It was damn purple wire. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, you'll remember what color. And <laughs> sometimes the numbers that are written on there. <laughs> it was corroded and wasn't making contact. So I think it was oil pressure. That fucking oil pressure would not let the feeder house come on. Huh. Yeah, I, I had a similar one on a on a STS, so it's somewhat newer of a yeah. combine. They were complaining that the the header wasn't turning on. Mm -hmm. You engage the separator in the combine, and then you engage the header, mm -hmm. and you're off and rolling. You could engage the header; it'd run for a few minutes. As soon as you started bouncing around, it shut off. Hmm. So I went through. I was there probably four or five hours. 
looking huh. at every sensor, every yeah. wire, program controllers, looking at all my data points. And then I thought I got it fixed. I can't remember what I ended up doing, but I got it to run for a while. And then the dude took off to go out into the field and start cutting again. Header shut off. Hmm. Brings it back over here. By that time, he's pretty irate with me. Yeah. Because it kind of looks like I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not going to tell him that I really don't, <laughs> don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm learning on his dime, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> After that, he decided to tell me, oh, yeah, well, we broke these wires up front on this uh, sensor going up here. You think that has anything to do with oh it? Oh, my God. <laughs> the wires, it kind of stripped the wire back, and it was grounding out. Uh-huh. And that was the whole issue. Jeez. So half the time... The fixes come after you've been there for a couple hours yeah. and the customer decides to let you in on a little nugget of information that would have <laughs> made it happen a lot faster. Yeah. So uh, going back to dealership stuff, uh, you got any like loves and hates or things you would change about the dealership? I think there's a lot of good things. Um, I do enjoy the fact that you can get all the specialty tools. Yeah. If they have them, if some other store doesn't have it, mm-hmm. if it didn't come back broken. <laughs> it is nice. Yeah. Um, it's nice having the, like at the John Deere, at John Deere. (laughs) You cannot say dealer. I'll figure this out. Dealer (laughs) is not my specialty. Um, but having the, um, the product support with service advisor and all that is, yeah, DTAC is great. You know, being able to look through history of similar problems and kind of figure out how they diagnosed it and solved it. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have DTAC anymore. Damn it. Yeah, uh, no DTAC. I don't even have service advisor. Oh, no. I got some off-brand little computer that'll plug into any machine, hmm. diagnose a bunch of stuff. I can do all my after-treatment and all that, okay. but not That's... every data point is there, but I, c- I can do most of it. Wow. Yeah, I've got service advisor, luckily, and cat sis, but I hate cat sis. It's a pain in the ass. I've never used it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I... Dealerships, you know, I love them, but I, I I definitely enjoyed, you know, the training portion and getting to take advantage of that and learning all that stuff. And it's way different on the construction side than it is the the ag side. Yeah, uh, like I say, I'm I'm <coughs> I would consider myself construction now, although mm-hmm. I do work on some of that some of the green John Deere tractors still. Yeah, you know they're the scraper tractors though, so they actually say scraper scraper special. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. it is. Uh, yeah, so it's considered construction, somewhat. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, those have the Cummins in them. Uh, yes, the yeah. we have we have two of them that have the QSX fifteen in them. Mm-hmm. The other ones have the thirteen liter John Deere's in them. Okay. Right on. Anyways, going back to the dealer thing, you, anything else on that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's stuff I like about it. Unfortunately, you're going to have managers, you're going to have higher-ups that yeah. don't always agree with you and how mm-hmm. things should be done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll bring their buddy in and make him the all-star tech, even hey, though, you, you know, it up. might not be <laughs> Just kidding. the best thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was one of the things at the end of my dealership run that kind of frustrated me. Yeah. You get a guy that's brought in, and he gets put into the bigger truck that you would think kind of has a running order to how you get into that truck. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, the management isn't always your best friend. So when you when you left, were you looking to leave, or did it kind of just happen that way? It kind of fell into my lap. Mm. So he, the customer that I work for now had approached me and said, "Hey, you know, if you ever want to, you know, get out of there, come join Local Three, come work for me. I'd, I'm looking for a mechanic." Hmm. 
So I kind of pondered on that for a few months, really. Yeah. And it wasn't until one of the other techs came back and said that that customer had offered him a job. We were on break, and I heard about it. So I walked away, called him up, and said, hey, <laughs> don't hire him. You're hiring me. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. That's, cr- that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. So uh, back a couple weeks ago on the Instagram, I put a uh, questionnaire on the, I'm sorry, on the podcast Instagram. <laughs> Uh, I put a questionnaire on there, you know, people, for people, like, what topics they want to hear about or any suggestions and anything like this, and a fellow named Chris, you know, he he really, I kind of like this one, he wants to talk about, like, his his saying, the shit pay that technicians make and the fact that people think technicians are a a dime a dozen, quote unquote. Yeah, that's, that's a good topic there. I feel like it plays into the dealership pretty well yeah i feel like a lot of guys are going to leave the dealership and either go independent mm-hmm. or go work for one of their customers that they worked with before with promises of better pay yeah. most of the time hopefully it follows through yeah uh <laughs> okay but uh yeah i can i could talk about this because back when i was at the ag dealership here in california right down the street from here um excuse me um i had to fight all the time to get pay pay raises and then they gave us the sheet you know that says that what we're supposed to be at well i kept getting told you know we'll get it to you next time you have to prove yourself blah 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 even though i was one of the top technicians there and i i was making 25 dollars an hour at the time and that's not bad pay but for what i was doing whenever you look at other guys that have been there longer and you come in with what a couple years that you worked at that dealer maybe a year six months i, I worked and you're, there you're yeah. outworking them and solving yeah. problems faster than they are bringing in more work yeah that, i was that's where it bugged me at the same dealer i was able to go out and successfully diagnose a machine combine whatever it be repair it in the field and close it out you know before these guys couldn't even figure out what was wrong with another machine with less less issues yeah you know what i mean but and i had the highest efficiency yeah that that whole incentive efficiency thing really plays into it yeah and i don't know what they had against me you know but anyway so when i left there and i went to the john deere dealership in fort worth um working in construction i only took a dollar an hour and I took it and ran because I knew, you know, I was going to catch on pretty quick and make my raises, blah, blah, blah. But um, I also knew that the cost of living was a lot different. And shit, it was. I mean, I was struggling here on 25 bucks an hour. I remember when you first moved out there, you were telling me, you should see a, a gallon of milk, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I was saving money and I had my rent was higher and blah 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 but it was insane yeah with the the shit pay as this chris guy says Mm -hmm. i still i i don't know why dealers do that to their technicians they're the only people in the company that are making money Mm -hmm. yeah you know they're not making much off of the sale of a tractor yeah maybe they are i don't know i've never been a salesman but (laughs) we're the ones that are going out there bringing in the money yeah well and another thing that really pisses me off when it comes to dealers they want to help you work towards your goal at the company 
I'm going back to the deer dealer, the construction deer dealer that I was at. I really wanted to be an instructor. That was my goal. And every time I'd like tell them, you know, that's what I want to work towards or, you know, or I'd like to work my way towards management, learn something new. Um, I was always told that I was too valuable in the field and I couldn't pursue that. And and there we are, good texts are a dime a dozen. That mm-hmm. falls into the last part of it. Which I, I guess I'm a dime a dozen, and <laughs> but whatever. I don't know. I just hated that. You know, we're we're gonna help you work towards your future here. And then they tell you, okay, well, we you shut can, you down. You huh? can't make that much until you've been here for three years. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, they gave me raises, you know, accordingly, and but then come to find out. You know, I thought I was making good money, and turns out I was still at the bottom of the pay scale. Yeah, whenever you get that sheet and it says, oh, yeah, you're supposed to climb here. and As a level four technician, you're supposed to make this much when I'm making much as a like a level two. I'm like, what the fuck? So, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, we could go on and on about that shit and the brainwashing and you name it. Yeah, it's, it's all there. But, hmm, so... Uh, Let's go back on something that you actually recommended on your questionnaire. Um, let's go looking back on toughest, hardest, or miserable jobs. Like I say, I've I've always loved doing the stuff that no one else wants to do. Mm-hmm. The stuff where it's a hard job. You're not having fun while you're doing it. But whenever you look back and that job's done, <laughs> it kind of puts a smile on your face. Yeah. It's that long-term fun. I was... Uh, at the dealer, went to work on a tractor that's in my fleet now for my customer. Oh, okay. Um, they were at a, ro- a rock quarry. It was raining. It was in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. The tractor was stuck in the mud with a blown hydraulic line, dumped all of its hydraulic oil out. <laughs> so I get there. I can only get within about 50 feet of the tractor with my service truck. Mm. Love I that. hike in. <laughs> Put some oil in it so I could start it up and maybe find the hose that blew. So you're laying underneath the tractor with your light with oil dripping down from a hundred different lines. Mm. You find it. You take off ten lines to get to it. It's a 20-foot hose that goes from the front to the back. (laughs) You know, you you learn these little tricks along the way. So I'm sure most field mechanics will know it, but when I first started, I didn't. You tie a rope or whatever to the end of that hydraulic hose and you pull it through. That way when you go to put your new one on, Bam, you fish it right back into place. So like I said, I was it was in the mud. I brought my coveralls. Within the first 10 minutes, I was soaked through. Stripped those coveralls off. <laughs> put a new set on with nothing, <coughs> with nothing underneath. That way I could go back in, put my plugs on, and then get that hydraulic line in my truck, go to a hose shop, get a new line made. Hmm. On my way to get that line made, I decided, yeah, maybe I should stop by the Napa and get a couple more sets of coveralls. <laughs> so pull in there, buy three more sets of coveralls off their used shelf, go back out to the tractor, get the hydraulic line installed, get it filled with oil, start it up, line works, everything's good. Now I'm on my fourth set of coveralls. <laughs> Jesus. So, being the guy I am, I'm not going to leave the tractor sitting in the mud pit. Mm-hmm. Looking back, I probably should have. <laughs> Move the tractor over to their staging area so I can kind of give it a, the once over and make sure there's no other issues going on with it. Turns out there is issues going on with it. <laughs> there's been a code that through three hours ago that morning that operators never said anything about. Of course. So now you got to get into diagnosing that one. 
So oh, I yeah. kind of opened the can of worms for myself. Mm-hmm. At the same time, bringing more money into the dealership. Yeah. Get all that finished up. Head back to the shop. My truck's a mess now at this point. It was... I think at that point I was in a Dodge 5500, mm-hmm. just a regular cab. Um, get there, wash the truck. Walking across the parking lot, one of the other techs and my service manager looks over. I had the coveralls on that have the slit down the side. <laughs> and they look at me. They could see my skin under there. They're like, are you naked under there? <laughs> I, I looked over at him with the biggest grin I think I've ever had and said, yes, I am. <laughs> and off I went. So that. That's just the fun stuff. That's the miserable of it. Yeah. What uh you ever had any like close calls or that could have been bad moments? I have had a couple of them. Yeah. Um not directly related to wrenching, but at my current job, we um like say we're dirt moving and stuff and we had there was an existing culvert hmm. that we had to put a pipe plug into, hmm. one of those inflatable it's basically yeah. basically an airbag, you inflate yeah. it stops water from coming in or coming out whatever you want it to do yeah so i had just driven to pick up that pipe plug it's for a 48 inch pipe that morning come back install it those the plugs are rated i think you inflate it anywhere from 10 to 25 psi Hmm. they got a big gauge on it and a 20 foot hose lead on it with a valve so you stand over at your truck you inflate it you're good to go (laughs) i'm looking in that culvert i'm Close, closer than I should have been, for sure. <laughs> I had never put one of these in before, though, so I'm... And they just had you do it? They had me do it. They really didn't think twice of it. I didn't even think twice about it. You think it's an airbag yeah. at 25 PSI. That doesn't really register in your head what yeah. an explosion from an airbag would look like. <laughs> so I get it going, put that pipe plug in there. I got the gauge in my hand, and I can see the opening, and that bag blew at 13 PSI. Really? Yeah. And the explosion from that thing blew my hard hat off, covered me in mud, and I was 10 feet away from the thing. <laughs> and I'd, I'd swear my life flashed before my eyes just because it was an explosion. I thought someone set off a bomb in the darn yeah. thing. Well, and it was probably, you said that pipe was 48 inch? Yep. And then, so it was 48 inch round yeah. by how deep, like 48 by 48 or? Well, yeah. So, I mean, it's a round bag. 48 inch pipe. Yeah. The bag whenever it starts out is i think eight eight feet long oh shit so yeah that's a lot of air that's a lot of volume yeah a lot of volume (laughs) so and it was half submerged (coughs) in the water that we're trying to stop flowing so but the thing about that you know you said you blew your hard hat off i bet that mullet looked good in the wind oh yeah (laughs) you know whenever you're wringing all the mud and stuff out of it you're looking around no one to see you Jeez, and you were out there by yourself, or what? No, there was there was other guys out there. They were that's good. they weren't right next to me, but they were on site. But that's no no wrenching stuff, huh? Besides the busted knuckle here and there, oh yeah, yeah you yeah. know that's that's an everyday. That's occurrence. more of a piss you off moment. Yeah, yeah, but nothing, <laughs> nothing. Hmm. So uh, I know you travel a lot with your uh, current situation. Do you get burned out a lot? I feel like I suffer from that right now. <laughs> so burnoutitis is what we're gonna call it. Yeah, that the burnoutitis. I haven't found a cure for that one yet. Huh. Like say, right now I'm traveling two hours one direction to get to the job site, and if I don't stay there over overnight, you know, I stay I stay down there a couple nights a week, but the reach the drive back home is two and a half hours. Yeah. You're sitting in traffic. You're doing all that. Yeah. So. 
You're and, gone for 16 hours a day. And you have a significant other and a youngin at home. And a, and a youngin. I know we've been on this job for eight months because I had to take the first week off of the job because he was born. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that, that gets pretty tough, you know, relationship-wise and her probably feeling like she has to do it all. Yeah. And obviously, you don't want her to feel that way, so... Yeah. Some nights where, yeah, I get off later, I probably should have stayed there mm -hmm. just so I can kind of avoid the burnout. Yeah. You, you want to go home. You want to see your family. You want to see your kids. You want to tell her, get there. tell her she's doing a good job. But um, it's kind of hard to ask you how you avoid burnout. <laughs> yeah, well, like I say, I'm not very good at it, but being on a job for eight months, it kind of gets repetitive. It, at least what we do, it's something different every day. Yeah. But it's still, I find myself just going through the motions. Okay, something's broken. I'm going to go fix it. I'm not getting too excited about anything. Yeah. So I've been trying to figure out how to bring a little life back into myself here at the <laughs> end of the job. And I'm almost there. You know, last week we had a really good week. It's been rainy. So we finally, finally were able to get back out on site. So that kind of puts a little pep in your step. And I had hmm. an electrical issue last week that ended up being a broken wire inside of a harness way down in the belly of a machine and it took me a while to find it but i found it so then you get a little smile on your face kind of do you got one of them power probe oh, wire sniffers they are the best oh yeah they I, are the best i spent the money on it and i'm like man i'm never gonna use this thing i'm gonna waste my money it sits there i don't use it but when i need it that motherfucker is there to save the day and i didn't i didn't even know what it was whenever <laughs> i first got it yeah you know i thought it was just oh, okay i can i can power a wire or whatever but once you figure out how you can put a frequency through the wire and you, and you scan it yep. and it sniffs out where that frequency stops <laughs> and you found your short or your open or whatever it happens to be best tool ever one yeah. of the best um so you, you're you're saying this job's eight months. Do you know what's coming next? I have no idea what's coming next. How long does a job usually last? Does it matter on the size? <laughs> yeah, definitely matters on the size, how much dirt you're moving, what huh. other kind of work. Like I say, we're, we're moving dirt. We're cutting a bunch of tidal channels right on the bay. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff involved. We're putting big culverts with big head walls that are getting concrete mm. pours and so I'm Damn. out there installing gates, drilling concrete anchors, doing doing all the grunt stuff doing also. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. I know what's coming next for me. I don't necessarily know where our job is, but as soon as this job is done, we're already starting to move equipment back to the shop. Mm. And I got a laundry list of repairs to get started on. So do you think you're gonna stick with this company for a while or yeah, you, I, you got I, some other plans? you always toy with whenever you're a field mechanic the ultimate goal yeah. i would think would be to be independent yeah definitely i've definitely thought about it i got a personal truck that has a, a service bed on it yeah so it'd be an easy transition it's just kind of i was just when do you jump yeah and i wonder how hard it is to i know we have a few buddies here local that are out on their own here in california i just I'd be too damn scared to start my own business in California, man. Yeah, I like that's why I haven't done it yet, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I will. I am happy where I am right now, but you look at those other guys that went independent, yeah, and they're off on vacation, they're having <laughs> fun, they're getting new trucks, probably because they have to, because they're making so much damn money. Yeah, tax you know? write off. Yeah, tax write off, but 
<coughs> it's a scary thing to even think about. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a few more years before I really put my head into it. I'd still like to go out on my own. I mean, I have the clientele to do it, but, man, I, I just got a, such a good job now. And the boss, you know, he treats me real good. So. Whenever you're taken care of, why would you leave? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I have such a – it's just a cake-ass job. I mean, I bust my ass, but, you know, I get – you know, appreciated in return, which mm-hmm. I've never had before. Yeah. So. You definitely don't get that at dealership as much. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, I want to, I want to rant real quick. Do it. Why do motherfuckers got to hate? Hate on everything? Just, you know, I, I fired up this podcast as a project that I've wanted to do for a long time. And just the bullshit with my homies like we're doing right now. And, People just talk shit, you know, that's stupid, or, you know, it, the way they look at it is, or the way I look at it is, uh, they're mad because they didn't think of it first. Well, the day you told me you were going to start a podcast, I was so happy, like, I was, (laughs) yes, it's going to happen, you know? I listen to podcasts all day long. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of podcasts do you listen to? There's a lot of, you know, a lot of construction, dirt moving stuff. Yeah. Mostly what it is. Do you uh do you have a favorite in particular? Or? Uh, the dirt dirt talks good. Dirt talk dirt with talk Aaron Witt. That's my Aaron favorite. That, man. that is good. I think I discovered it after I had talked to you a couple weeks ago yeah. when you were starting this one. I've listened to every episode. Yeah, I, and there's what close to two hundred episodes I think already. Oh yeah, he's got a bunch. But yeah, he uh he's really one of my inspirations for starting this. And then uh, Sweat and Grime is one of my favorites, and I was actually a guest on theirs. Um, couple weeks ago, but they finally aired it this past Tuesday. Um, the, one of my favorites, and my wife's actually going to be on there now. She, I, I heard I heard your episode, and I heard them <coughs> ask about having her on, and I think that'll be cool. Yeah, hers airs on February 1st, I believe. And uh, they went more towards, you know, being a woman in the construction industry. And, uh, I mean, she gets a lot of shit for being in construction. Back back to the haters. Yeah. There's going to be people that are hating on our conversation. <coughs> oh, yeah. I'm Fuck not em. a professional podcaster. <laughs> Neither am I. This is the third one. <laughs> you know, it's, like you say, you're here to hang out with your buddies and try and start something else that isn't already out there. Yeah. There's, there's the dirt talk. There's other ones that do different stuff, but nothing specifically for field mechanics. Yep. And I think this thing has potential. I oh, love yeah. it. I'm excited it's, about it. It's definitely growing really fast, and I'm... I'm super stoked on it. I mean, it's been on for three weeks now, and I've already gotten 800 and something downloads. It's insane. Well, now that you have me on here, you might get 801. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I, I, Aaron Witt definitely is a just all around. Everything he does, I enjoy watching, listening to, you know, very informative and he gets to do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. He he was just what in Saudi Arabia or something yeah. looking at these big old sites like Yeah. That's cool. I think I think there's a lot there. He's got a huge social media presence, you know. Mm-hmm. He's he's good at what he does. Listen, and have you heard his like backstory on how he got his business going? I feel kind of. Yeah, I mean it's just insane. It's kind of the same steps I'm taking to get this going. So I'm hoping one day I could be as big as Buildwit. <laughs> you know, maybe you can. The certified wrench could be turned into a training thing. Yeah. You you wanted to be an instructor? Let's spread some <laughs> knowledge here. Let's help everyone out. Yeah. Hopefully. What about YouTube? Any uh 
Any things you like to watch on YouTube? Uh, there, I can't remember the channel, but there's a, a cat mechanic that does some really killer voiceover for his videos, hmm. and it shows his dealership rebuilding his engines, kind of diagnosing a few things. So I've been watching that lately, and there's some good stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a fella. He actually gave me a shout out in his latest YouTube video, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but he's uh, Zeth Key with zk master tech and uh you should definitely check him out same with y'all that are listening you guys should check him out he very good videos and very informative he uh he's an ag tech on the john deere deere dealership side i forget what john dealer john dealer dealership (laughs) yeah (laughs) um he works for sloan equipment or something like that where's he out of you know i don't i don't know they're they're all over okay and I think he keeps that secret. I'm not sure. That's probably wise <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. You yeah. get these haters coming in. Yeah. But, try and uh, blow up his spot on at his dealer. You should definitely. Half the stuff I watch, it's like, yeah, I already know this because I used to be a, an ag tech. But I really like the detail. And I mean, he'd be a good instructor for sure. But uh, yeah, I'm actually going to steal a line from uh this fella named Matt motherfucking Totten off Sweat and Grime podcast. Uh, what would your dream job be if you weren't doing what you're doing now? I've I love brewing beer. I home brew beer, so mm, it's good. It it's fun, you know. You figure out how to make good beer, but I I would love to own a brewery. Yeah, I'd want to open it up, build everything in there. Would Hell be my yeah. you know. It's like a lot of guys want to build a house. I'd love mm-hmm. to build my own house too, but. If I could build my own brewery from the ground up, I think that'd be pretty cool. Hell yeah. No, that that's definitely badass. And the beer is delicious. We uh, drank a bunch of it at my bachelor party. Yeah. And my wedding. Yeah, we brought some to the wedding. Yeah. We were passing around. Yeah, it, was, I, it was good stuff. Everybody got totally shit-faced. Yeah. It was amazing. That was, that was a fun party. Yeah. We'll have to do that again. <laughs> Should I get married again? <laughs> Maybe I'll try it out. Yeah, you get married this time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I think uh, I, I really apologize, guys. I mean, I, I sound hoarse as hell, and I wanted to record a longer podcast, but... It's a pain in the ass not being 100%. So I'm probably going to wrap this up, but I will be heading home uh, in a few days. And I got a few people lined up for some more podcasts. And hopefully I'll be completely better by then. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, my email is certifiedwrenchpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, of course, we're on Instagram at certified. or certified wrench underscore podcast there we go anyways uh yeah stay tuned guys this one's not the best but uh i appreciate that you know you shut up (laughs) you were good man that's just me i can't focus and i can't talk and uh, but they're only gonna get better and we're gonna have mr Rowe out and uh Probably this summer, hopefully. I sure hope so. We're going to see what Texas is all about. Yeah, and hopefully lay down another podcast about what we're doing currently. So, But uh, before we completely close out, you got anything you uh, want to close out with uh, to anybody? You know, whenever you're, you're getting into being a field mechanic, you're not going to know everything. And realistically, you're not expected to know everything. You're going to develop your little tricks to do the job more efficiently yep. or faster as you go. 
But my biggest thing would be to not be scared of a job if you haven't yeah. been there before. It's going to be scary in your head, but you got to put on the face and say, okay, yeah, we're going to go get this done. And like you're saying, ask questions. Yeah. You know, if you're lucky enough to be with other mechanics around or whatever, I've called you on jobs before yeah. and you're in Texas. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you can't be afraid to call someone whenever you run into something you haven't seen before or you're not even sure how to fix or find the problem. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect, man. Well, we're going to close this thing out, call it a day. I appreciate you guys listening. Till next time. Peace.